you know, gentlemen, at a time like this, I think it's important to look at the bright side of things. And that's that there's a good chance that we just watched the very last time that Connor Williams ever puts on a Dallas Cowboys uniform. So for that, I think we can all be pretty grateful. There's always a silver lining, fellas. He went out with a bang, too. You know, he was like, he was a banger. The, he, he was like, if this is the last Connor Williams game, it's going to be a Connor Williams fucking game, baby. I'm playing all the hits. I'm doing some Jay Z, Jay Z Black dude. album, Black yeah, album. He, he, fade. That's literally like the those like when those old like 80s, 70s rock bands go on tour and they're like, we haven't made a song in 20 years, so we're just playing the shit you know, dog. We're playing fucking Brown Sugar, all the you know. Stairway to Heaven is getting played five times. It's like Connor's every like, I'm doing backbreaking holding calls and getting swim moved by tackles you've never heard of to get Dak blown up tonight, and that is all I'm playing, baby. It's like every Morgan Freeman movie he's made for the last ten years. You know, he's just got to go out with one last job, one last move. <laughs> oh yes, Connor. Uh, Connor not only Connored super hard, his Connorism spread to the rest of the line. You could you could really say the maybe entire the team Connored very hard. Yeah, I I just I'm, I'm focusing on the offensive line because I don't know if I can remember a worse performance from them as a unit. Like not from any individual guy, but just like five pre-snap penalties. Five sacks, <laughs> a holding Five call holes. on every single member of the line. Like that is Zach impressive. Martin You're Zach right. Martin Zach Martin didn't. Zach Martin did not get one. It was just yeah. everyone else. So Lael played. Lael had like the worst game I can remember him ever. Yeah, Zach playing. Martin did give up a sack. So Zach Martin he did give up a sack. Tyron gave up a sack and had a horrible hold on Dog, the game. Tyron was going been the game winning drive. Like Tyron was going against some pretty. Uh, forget his face over there on San Fran, but uh, it was not. <laughs> I'm just saying it wasn't Bosa. It wasn't their elite players, and Tyron was getting worked. He it rough. sucked, dude. So the Dallas Cowboys f- fell in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, what did it end up being? Like 26, 20 or something? 23-17. And it was a six-point loss. Do not ride off into the sunset. It is. It is a story that we have seen for many years around these parts and uh, a first round exit uh, honestly defined by things that we saw all year that we kind of, I guess just wished and hoped were going to write themselves at some point, but we had problems with penalties and this, this was the worst penalty game, 14 penalties and and in horrible moments. I mean, and so many pre snaps. Like, Jesus, yeah. fuck. It wasn't even... Uh, I, saw, I saw McCarthy said that, like, pregame, he could tell they were nervous, which I'm like, God damn, McCarthy, your only job in this fucking organization is to make sure they're ready to play. And in the, the game that matters, you don't have them ready to play. Like, that that's, it speaks volumes. Um, it sucked, dude. I mean, the first play from scrimmage was literally Randy Gregory getting called for a neutral zone infraction. He got two of them. <laughs> Um, we got them all. We got illegal hands to the face, illegal shift, illegal ineligible guy downfield. Dude, did you Every see he got kind of holding call hands to the face? He tackled like one of their guards that gave up a first down. I mean, they had some real dumb fuck penalties. I, I I said this at the time. I don't know if there will ever be a more like defining Cowboys moment for me than for the Cowboys to fuck around and get killed all game. But somehow, Dak Prescott has willed us into position to still somehow, if they if they pull this together, they will win this game. And Dak throws a forty yard dime to get into onto on into enemy territory. We're on like the forty or the thirty five of the Niners. The next three plays, Kellen calls a run up the gut with Zeke, which is a burned play, which. I want to bring up now that after the game, it was only after this game that we found out that Zeke had been playing with a torn PCL since week four, week four, instead of just like IRing him and let him come back fresh in week 10, they just decided well, to like never let him like, heal. Well, I heard that, uh, you know, some players, they apparently earned the right to play through injuries if they wish. That's insane. That's stupid. That oh, it was fucking dumb. They should have let Pollard. They should have let Pollard ball out, and then we would have had fresh Zeke 
And Man, I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I if that's not number twenty one, and that's not a guy who sells a lot of tickets around here, and they weren't, in my opinion, worried about Pollard. Oh no, Ben froze. Yeah. I mean, I know where he's going. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory at all. I was going to say that Zeke's Zeke Elliott power. was complete trash and that Pollard is the greatest player of all time. I'm pretty certain that's what I he's going to say. It, it's, it sucks because, like, I don't even – dude, like, Zeke had a really great start to the year, and then it was you could see a clear drop-off after that week four game, and I wondered yeah. what had happened. And it's very obvious now that he got this torn tendon ligament in his leg, and I don't know if he was – I mean – if they don't even have the kind of organization, because I'll ask you this, Zach, do you think anyone on the Patriots tells Bill Belichick they're not sitting? Absolutely down? not. Fuck no, dude. Fuck no, ever, ever. So absurd. The whole thing was absurd. So that sucked. Um, so they they go into this they go into this game with a bunch of these kind of things existing under the surface. Everything goes to shit. So they run Zeke on this this second play of this game. What should be the game-winning drive? You have Dak complete this miracle 40-yard pass. A Zeke run, so you're now at second and 11. On second and 11, they have CeeDee Lamb run a crossing route. He has, I'm, I'm one to exaggerate, but I think he had at least five yards of room in every direction. He was alone. Dak throws a very routine pass, and I'll be the first to admit that Dak is not always the greatest at ball location. He makes his guys make some catches they shouldn't have to make. This was not one of those. This hit CeeDee Lamb in both hands in stride, and CeeDee Lamb dropped this ball, which another ghost of Christmas pass coming back to haunt us. So now you're at third and 11. On third and 11, you get the fucking holding call. You knew you had to have one. This one was on Tyron Smith. And so it puts you in fourth and 21. And on this, I think they, snap, uh, they declined it. Even they declined it to get us to fourth down. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, fourth and 11, but it still happened. The, the offensive line just turns into turnstiles. Dak has three rushers in his face and off his, he runs backwards and on his off his back foot, he sails one. And it's it's not the greatest throw because of the the rush situation, but in classic Cowboys fashion, Cedric Wilson is there, and it's just like he has to make a weird body control motion to get there, and he just like gets both hands on the ball and just it's not there. It's not really his fault. I, I, it's not really Dak's fault. It's just a Cowboys situation that will happen to us, and that's it. I mean, we get one more drive after that where we make another boneheaded decision in the final seconds where Kellen calls a QB draw off the middle that basically burns the rest of the game clock. Um, yeah, that got a lot I of burn. Thought, I thought that sequence, dude, that that Dak miracle pass to put you back in the game, drop, hold, drop, is the quintessential Dallas Cowboy like crunch time moment. It reminded me so much of when – Cowboys team with 13 pro bowlers goes to the playoffs. They have to play the giants first round. And despite all the bullshit, Tony Romo is about to lead a game winning drive. And he hits Sam Hurd for a wide open pass that could have easily gone the distance. And Sam Hurd just dropped or that shit. Patrick Creighton, but yeah, Patrick Creighton. Sorry. The Patrick Creighton was the CD lamb of, of that situation. Head. So I don't know. I don't know, I don't, man. It, I, this game was so painful because this game was quintessential. Like this is, this was a Dallas masterpiece. This is the Cowboys of the last, I would really say people want to say 25 years, but I would really say at least in the Romo Dak era, the last 16 years, this was quintessential Dallas come out yep. after a great regular season, come out flat as fuck, get completely outplayed in the first half. Look nerd, look shot somehow will yourself back into a game you have no business being in and then come up a little short. And that they have, they have written this story so many times that it's like, it, it's when you're watching a see, you know, if, if this was a Netflix series, you'd be like, ah, God, I mean, we do this. It's like two year. on the like, nose. This is the, this yeah. is the plot line. Every like, time. Like, these are really boring writers that they, they can't. It's find the walking dead. Plot line. 
Yeah, it is. Thank you. That's a great example. That is a great example. Like, bro, and I'll tell you what, man, this is at, at 32 years old and with so many things in my life that should be more important than football, you know, uh, my my son's going to be born this year. My first home is with I'm that I'm purchasing with my my wife who I married last year. I'm is I'm going to get that this year. I should be above being as depressed about football as I was, but on the night of this game, dude, is the closest I have ever come to truly like wiping my hands of this shit. I came home from this game. I watched it at a friend's house. I took every piece of Cowboys memorabilia I own. Framed CD Lamb jersey, framed Diggs jersey, all the rings, the helmets, every piece of clothing, every everything. I put it in boxes and I moved it to my storage unit in the middle of the night so that I would never have to. I wouldn't have to look at it until next season because I was so fucking depressed, dude. I like I was texting Ben crazy shit about how like the NFL was rigged and I was never gonna watch football again because it was um, professional wrestling. Yeah, I sent it to that. I was having a full nut. I was having a full breakdown, dude. Like. Full I called on, him I was walking like, around in the cold in my parking lot of my apartment complex, just being like, "Football's football's dumb. I don't I don't know why I do this to myself. It's it's stupid." You know, I I've done that so many times with this team. This one just felt like I I couldn't even muster up the the full. I, I definitely felt sad, but I couldn't even muster up the emotions that I have for for other losses because it was just like it like you said it's just too on the nose like i was like this just happens too many it, it's that scene from uh what's that uh jake gyllenhaal like rocket movie you know what i'm talking about october sky then it's that yeah, scene yeah. where like the fucking coal mine collapses on chris cooper and the wife's like if he's dead i swear to god i won't even cry like i swear like yeah, yeah. that's just i've seen it too many times i'm going to play the, and that's how i felt about this game like i just i've seen this too many times like i, I don't know i don't know what else i can do you know it's just um, I think that the tragedy is that, and you've said this a couple times, Ben, that they might be better next year or at some other point in the future. Man, I don't know if they're going to be this talented again for a long time. On both sides of the ball, this is like one of the most. It's what Dak and Zeke both said. Both said after yeah, the they, game that is the most. Both said it's the best football team they've ever played on. Um, Zach, and I don't you disagree said, with uh, that. I want to, Zach, you said something to me after, because we were talking about this, that you don't think, now it could have just been emotion. We were all, uh, uh, a loss like that has the whole fan base react a little crazy, but you said you didn't think they'd be this talented again in 10 years. Well, honestly, what I said was, I don't think we'll have another chance for another 10 years, which is pretty close. I could honestly see us never being this talented again for a long time. This was on paper a very talented team. I don't actually think like now that I'm a little bit further removed, I'm not actually going to stick to the decade thing, but next year, unless some miracle happens, uh, Zeke retires, Dak decides to take a pay cut. <laughs> we're losing a lot of people. We are probably going to lose. So let's, Quinn. let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So the, we are just going to be big, worse next year. What the, the, probably the biggest, the biggest ones people are focused on right now are one, Dan Quinn is most likely going to take a head coaching job. It looks like he's interviewing for like five of them. He's the favorite for several of them. Um, Dan Quinn got a lot of credit around here for the taking a historically bad defense and whipping it into shape. Um, even if the Cowboys go out and get a Vic Fangio, a, you know, some, a really good defensive coordinator who, man, if we got Vic Fangio, I'd be over the moon about it. Um, It'll be the fourth coordinator in four years. You don't know if a guy can do as, as good a job as Dan Quinn did, like all those things. From a player's standpoint, uh, Randy Gregory, J. Ron Kurse, Schultz, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, uh, Leighton Vander Esch are all free agents this year. Um, I think they they have a chance to get a couple of those guys back, but you certainly can't get all of them. Um, Part of me, the thing that I will say about the most talented team ever thing is I I think that they were how much was that the most inflated? Talented, like, yeah, how I, much I was, was gonna that, say one how, like like if you take away this that, division game, I mean you can make the argument that they went six and five outside this division. It's like so how and, super talented uh, were they? Like 
they're they uh, i think that they're a super talented team when healthy and used correctly and i think they were rarely healthy and by the end never used correctly so it's well that's what sucks is they were super healthy at the end like last year was so bad for well no, i'm just I'm, I'm mostly focusing on zeke like they were they were oh, giving yeah, yeah. the vast lion's share of the carries to a clearly injured running back who probably shouldn't well, have been on the field and i hope we find out more that the o-line was you're right they just got this one was depressing because I, I think so much happened with like the first and sorry, I know we're jumping back into the game. We're going to be all over the place. That's, that's how these, these losses are. But uh, like the beginning of the season was so strong that got everyone so hyped where we really thought this might be the best team in the NFL. I mean, even their one loss against Tampa was a coin flip, right? If Greg doesn't fuck mm-hmm. you or you get that PI, maybe you win that game, right? I mean, or if CD you, doesn't you know. drop a CD doesn't drop another key ball, you know? As he likes to do in big moments. Feeling. Well, I mean, he certainly had a poor game. Uh, but yeah, it, but after that, like after that Denver game, I don't know what happened. I don't know what what's really hard about this year is I don't know when and I don't know where. But at some point that that this team is different, the special sauce, whatever it was, got lost. And we try to convince ourselves that a couple blowouts against teams like the Falcons and the football team and the Eagles meant that they still had some of that. But I, I think by the end it was clear they really – they lost that mojo at some point, and they just never played – anytime they had a chance to go up against an elite opponent, I mean, they got punched in the mouth, whether it was Kansas City, whether it was Arizona, whether it was this Niners team. They just never Hell, really – Hell, not even elite, dude. The Raiders came out and made them look – sure. Sure. I mean, the one, the one thing you can say about this team is they beat up on inferior opponents, but I do think it's fair to question, like, you know, Zach, we were talking about this, like, where, like, what quality win did they have that really spoke to how great this team was? You can probably say in New England, that's a nice win, but even and at the time, we blown out. And they got the blown playoffs. out. They were two and four. Like, they were probably playing above their head. It, it sucks because I, I don't know. It, it felt like we changed the cast of characters, right? Like, Jason Garrett's gone. Great. Like, fucking Scott Linehan, get him out the door. Nolan, whatever terrible, all the terrible DCs. We have a real DC this time. We brought in a real stud in Micah Parsons. Shit, we actually have a Pro Bowl corner for the first time since, like, Terrence Newman made one, or maybe it was even before him. Mike Jenkins. Yeah. Is that who it was? Jenkins. Okay. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess Byron Jones did make an all-pro team when he played. Yes, that's corner. who it was, actually. But... Yeah, I mean, it just felt like, okay, we can we can still buy this team's different. They're still first in scoring as much as we bitched about the offense. Like, Dak had a tremendous year. And then it's the exact same result that we've seen. And that's what killed it. It's the exact same result. Not yep. a back-and-forth game where you can, like, if they lost like they lost Tampa, I think we'd be sitting here bitching about different things. But they, I mean, seven points. The Niners tried to let you back in this game. Jimmy G tried to jimmy yeah. it, throwing a late pick. And they they had a fourth and inches to put you away where they got a fucking false start. Like they tried to give you the ball back, and they just Dallas just Dallas never had it. I mean, it, it all comes down to this offense for me. But and I know I'm rambling here, but you know someone said it well. I mean, they had ten drives for seventeen fucking points in this game. That's just well, that's not enough I from think- Kellen Moore or Dak or McCarthy or the O line or CD Lamb. People hung or so much. People hung so much on the talent of this offense and. As I look at it at the end of things, like I do think Amari is a very good wide receiver. But Who's the he best at their off- position? Are any of them best at their positions? Is that what you're getting at? Uh, not even you mean like in the like, league. I, I'm I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I think that they have like a, a high level of average talent, but I think we went into the season being like, oh my God, three-headed monster. Who do you even cover among Amari, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb? And then like by the end, it's like Gallup's out. Amari is, you know, we don't really use anyone. We don't really, like you've you've drawn attention to this a bunch of times, but we don't like feature anyone in this offense. So like Amari might have a good day. He might have a bad day. We don't really know because he's going to get four targets regardless of how he's playing that day. CeeDee Lamb, I know, I know that I'm just saying this because of where I am right now in my relationship with CeeDee Lamb, but that dude is so fucking disappointing to me. Like, 
you cannot be a superstar wide receiver if you have not not like questionable hands, bad hands. Like to me right now, CD Lamb is a very sexy, flashy version of Terrence Williams. Like he's good after the catch, he's good in space, but he he is pretty pretty below average wide receiver skills from a catching standpoint, especially in big moments. Like he's he's pretty good when it means nothing. I don't worry about him too much. But man, I am. It's going to take so many great moments from him over the next couple of years for me to forget him dropping a fucking wide open five yard toss that hits you in both hands that can put you first down in Niners territory for a game winning score. Like that's just fucking horrible. And it wasn't the first time he did it. It happened all year to him, whether he was running the wrong route or dropping a ball. Like that was fucking terrible. Gallup was gone. Cedric, who honestly came on super strong this year and I have nothing but good things to say about him, especially for a guy that went into the year thinking he wasn't going to see much field time. But in this game, you know, we tried two hook and laterals on the first one. He flubbed <laughs> it way out of bounds and then not totally his fault, but a better receiver catch like I on both of these catches, like the Cedric one where he gets both his hands on it and doesn't catch it. And the, the CD fourth one, was he gets both hands on it and doesn't oh, catch CD it. Went. My first reaction to both of those was I t- so wish Michael Gallup had been the guy that ball went to. I so wish Michael Gallup was in this game. And the fact that I'm wishing that a third round dude who isn't going to be on this team next year was on the field instead of this supposed all-star most talented team we've ever had. I think that speaks to the fact that this team wasn't that talented. And maybe was a little overhyped. And so, yeah, and obviously the offensive line is not I, nearly no. as good as we thought we did. They were not nearly as good as we thought they were. Let's see. So I, I have a CD Lamb jersey. I was wearing it the whole season. And by the end of the season, I was feeling like I had just some random guy's jersey. This guy's <laughs> not a superstar. He's not playing like one. Now, there's some hope for him because Koopies yep. have the same issue of drops. And now he's not. So there. maybe he can fix it. I don't know. I'm not ready to just write him off forever. This is not a uh, encouraging season from him. And I was just go back talking about like the hype. You know, I was just thinking about it, and it's like we beat so many teams that are actually shit, but at the time were considered good. Like oh, the, the Chargers, Chargers game, the Panthers yeah. were undefeated. The Falcons, everyone knew they sucked, but they were still a wild card team at the time. Yep, like. It's, yeah, I, I mean, like Washington, Washington was on a strange. roll. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very accurate. The Eagles it's, were doing okay when we beat they were the they were ended up being we a playoff should. team. Yeah, the Eagles were just your, as far as us. Like, I mean, yeah, they were one of your only playoff wins. You actually, you actually get two playoff win uh, wins against a, a playoff team there. But yeah, I, you know, I I wanted to uh, kind of elaborate on what you guys are talking about and open it up to. You know, talking about CD disappearing or Mari. I mean, how much is a Kellen Moore issue? Because I, I would go first here. I, we used to joke me and Andy about Kellen Moore boy genius, and we said it kind of in a mocking manner because it felt like he got anointed very quickly around here. And then I saw what he did early this year, and I, I thought he got anointed too because people were so fucking tired of Linehan and Jason Garrett that anyone who showed one ounce he got just fans to eat out of his hand. Yeah. But, and Not I, I and, fans. Oh, yeah. And I bought the hype for the first seven weeks. I mean, dude, there was, there was times people were asking me, like, wow, if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, should they like, and like Kellen's going to leave? Would you elevate him? Just take McCarthy's job? And I would be fucking freaked out if they did that now. I'm back to mocking him. I mean, dude, I, I remember when we beat the night we beat the Vikings. I saw I went in the Vikings subreddit and all there were, dozens of posts being like hope you guys were paying attention to kellen moore's yeah. offense tonight that's the next head coach of the vikings yeah well and look i'm back to mocking him i, I watched so kurt warner and I, I tweeted this from our uh account so any of our fans uh bwbb pod if you go out uh kurt warner does oh no no that sounded like it was gonna be really good 
I know what he's talking about, but I don't want to like steal Warner his thunder. Said that Zeke was awful and that Pollard was the greatest player of all time. That's what I'm assuming. <laughs> Kurt Warner does these like very in-depth breakdowns. Oh, I, I've of, seen them. Of offenses. I, I yeah, them and so he did a 40-minute yeah. one on our offense after this playoff game. Um, it basically just showed that like Kellen basically reverted to like a Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan offense, like used every weapon incorrectly. I, I, and this is a, I, I want to let Ben, when he comes back to us, elaborate on that. Cause I don't want to steal his point. So I'll bring up this. I am so the one, one thing that is going to forever be a mystery to me about this game is the Cowboys had one drive where they looked really good. It was the first touchdown they scored. and on that drive, you got a big dose of Pollard, some Zeke runs in there. Zeke runs to the outside. Pollard runs all over the place. And then a you put Amari Cooper in the slot and let him dominate a number three corner. And we, we Dak throws him a dime. Beautiful touchdown. Looked like the offense we all wanted to see all year. After that touchdown, Kellen decides he's never giving Pollard the ball again. And that Amari's never going into the slot again. And we never do any of the concepts you see in that drive ever again. I just wish I could understand why things like that happen. Like, why? I mean, let's say you think it's not going to be effective more than once. Shit, man, try. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we we were just like, oh, this didn't work. Maybe it'll work this time. So they don't have that excuse. It was just yeah. being the same shit the whole game and season. Now, I was seeing some people say that apparently I couldn't find the source of this. It sounds like bullshit, but apparently, uh, we'll go back to you in a second, Ben. Ben rejoined us. There's a leak or a story saying that Jerry Jones called up Kellen Moore and just bitched him out because Jerry was pissed with the play calls and he was pissed that Pollard is getting more carries than Zeke. That you know, sounds like nonsense to me, but I didn't find the source of that. If that is true on any level, then that sucks. Like, then Jerry should fucking accept this loss like then we're fucked going forward yeah, yeah. then we then we we truly are fucked going forward if that's the case because i mean we i i asked Dak this well the first time you froze ben like do you think in the history of time that that whole situation with zeke's knee and all that would that ever happen with bill belichick where he's just like yeah i'm, I'm gonna play regardless no. of my ability to contribute <laughs> No, and that goes back to what I'm saying. Like, who has the stones around here to stand up to anybody? Like, it Which, really it, it's so crazy because I remember us having these conversations about like, oh, it's so refreshing how like you know McCarthy's just like he holds these guys accountable and like you know Leo Collins comes back and he doesn't get he doesn't get his spot back immediately and like we were all okay like fully, oh, it's true. so fucking frustrating. Yeah, dude. I forgot about that, but I I just mean like he allowed his like. He allowed this entire team to bitch about the refs for a month. And it's one thing for us fans to do it. I totally get that. Whatever. That's fine. But that's a losing fucking mentality if you allow your players to focus on that. I've never heard a good team that just constantly complains about the officials in the NFL. And for that to be – that's a that's a top-down thing. Like, that's that goes back to ability and authority around here. Like, who has it? And so the Zeke yeah. thing – and sorry, I got cut off on the Kellen thing. My only um, – Thing I was gonna say was Kurt Kurt Warner basically sent out a breakdown for 40 minutes, post on the pod. It's pretty cool. And uh he said basically just highlighted just how vanilla this offense was and how often we run the same concepts to the point where Fred Wagner was could see within the snap exactly what Dallas was doing on their zone beater, exactly yeah. where Dallas was going, and he was cheating over so far that Dak either had to beat the zone with a great throw or dump off or take a sack. Cause he did that a few times. I mean, that's how vanilla this thing got. And so do you think, do you think the dynamic of, cause game. there was a lot of like good talk about how like, Oh, because Dak and Kellen were teammates and you know, Kellen was the backup. Dak was the third string. And so that he like mentored Dak, blah, blah, blah. And then when Dak got the starting job, Kellen helped him a lot. Cause Tony wasn't really in that role at the time. Do you think that relationship is now harming them? Like I, in my head anyway, obviously I don't know these guys personally, but I cannot fathom the idea of Dak Prescott, who is an immeasurably more successful NFL QB than Kellen Moore ever was. I think that's fair to say. Like if Kellen comes to Dak and is like telling him to do something or telling anyone on the offense, especially someone like Zeke, who is Dak's best friend, 
Like, I do not think Kellen has the cachet. You know what I mean? Like, there is something that comes with being like an established leader for a long time with a track record of success. And I'm sure when they were winning, everyone was getting along great and it all worked. And then when it wasn't working and you need to make tough calls and have difficult discussions, I don't know if Kellen has that capability. Well, I don't know if people respect Kellen like that. I think Dan Quinn's about the only person who has that capability, which is why I think the defense responds so well to him. You know, I, yeah. I just think, I think it's different personality traits there. I, you know, a lot of these OCs and young play callers, I mean, Cliff certainly doesn't have that mentality. I mean, we knew that. I mean, Matt LaFleur doesn't seem like that guy. McVay doesn't. Shanahan, actually Shanahan kind of does. His dad was a dick too. But I don't, I don't think it's hurting them. I, you know, we're, we're probably looking at this as such a micro level now, but I, I, I would agree that, I don't. I don't think he can hand slap Dak or anything. You know, like you know, I don't. I don't think there's going to be a "what the fuck are you doing" moment, right? But I don't know if you see that from a lot of OCs anyway. Well, Do you think? Uh, I saw a couple of days ago that what Skip that Bayless say? thinks Dan oh, Quinn that... should be the head coach. Thinks who? Dan Quinn? I see yeah. a lot of people saying that. I. I mean, here's the thing: Dan Quinn's going to leave, and when he leaves, Joe Witt's gone too. And both of those guys are the two coach, the only two coaches on the staff that I, after this year, I'm like, those guys did a great job. I want to keep Dan Quinn a lot because I think this defense made a step up and he clearly knows how to use dudes like J. Ron Curse, who had his best career year by far. Micah Parsons, who was a superstar. Even Randy Gregory had his best year in Dallas. Trayvon Diggs took a tremendous step. I mean... I think dudes respond to him and he'll get a job. I don't know if he's the answer. We need to start a Patreon to get Ben better internet. <laughs> yeah, I'll say uh, I'd be very worried about that. Yeah, me too. He has. I love Dan, and I love Dan Quinn. I, I love, love him, him as a defensive coordinator. I want him to stay exactly. as defensive coordinator. There's a bunch of guys in the league that have that. This has been an issue. Is that you? You're a tremendously amazing coordinator, and you're not built to be a head coach. Like uh, Todd Todd Knowles is another guy who's like an all time great defensive coordinator, and every time he gets a head coaching job, it's a disaster. Um, you know, Wade Phillips was exact same story one of the best defensive coordinators anyone had ever seen and then a bunch of really bad head coaching jobs including the dallas cowboys so yeah i don't think you can make him the head coach and i don't think he's going to stay here to be dc I, at least i don't think so he could surprise us if he decides to stay here to be dc and like gets a, a, a raise and stuff i'll be very happy about it i think that's that, awesome that's the best Especially situation if, yeah especially if he can retain Joe Witt Jr., uh, the passing game defensive coordinator, who I think did an amazing job with, like, Anthony Brown and J. Ron Curse and, um, sorry, Trayvon Diggs, uh, who all took, I think, a, a good step forward this year in their development. So, yeah, um, it's going to be it's gonna be weird, man. Like, I, you know, like, there was a narrative on McCarthy that, man, this guy's had Aaron Rodgers for 10 years and he can't fucking win. And he came to Dallas and everyone was kind of like, okay, very safe hire. You know what I mean? Like very safe hire from Jerry to go get Mike McCarthy. And there were many times that people in Green Bay said like Mike McCarthy has had an embarrassment of talent to not to only have one ring. And here we are. You can say the same thing now. So it'll be interesting to see how this offseason shakes up. Um, I my gut tells me we're going to see an, a new face at DC. I'm only hope I'm just hoping that it's a, a good person. If it's Vic, if it, if we go get Vic Fangio, I'll be very happy with that. Yeah, sorry to to our fans. My uh, internet is just completely letting me down, like a Kellen Moore uh, play calling scheme. So. Um, repetitive and underwhelming. Can we hire Brian Flores? I think he'll get a job somewhere. Apparently, he's a dickhead. That was all the reports coming out. I'm people don't people like him. I see some people saying we should replace McCarthy with him. 
which I, I yeah, don't did a hell of a job with the Dolphins. You know, did a hell of a job. Weird. What I was saying before I got disconnected again, sorry, was McCarthy's weird. We ended the pod last time saying he's 100% safe, and I still think he's safe. I think he gets another year, but he definitely went from safe to hazardous, like his job security Man. within one game, because that's how bad that game was. I mean, well, that's and, the and then that not just fired. the game, but like penalties the, coming out flat, all that. And like the, even just like the narrative, dude, like to come out and be like, yeah, you know, it's weird. I kind of felt like they were going to lose because they were all nervous and shit before the game. I was like, God, dude, don't say any of this. Like dude, what? So we also never, what? That was, that I didn't like. And we also, I don't think we touched on this when we were reviewing the game, dude. What the fuck was that fourth down fake? And then they left the special teams out there oh to try God. and okay, trick so the Niners. For those of you lucky enough to not oh watch this game, gosh. the Cowboys get into a fourth down. It looks like they're going to punt from like the 49 yard line. Which, it's, by the way, the Niners have a fake field, fake punt unit out there. They were yeah. <laughs> ready. So they for run, it. the Cowboys run a fake, and it works. So it does work. Sign of desperation, but it works. And uh, let me just say this. The Cowboys have recently, and maybe not even just recently, but they often confuse gimmick, gimmicky with creative. Like, they'll be like, oh, you want creative, huh? How about five hooking laterals and a fake punt? Like, no, 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 no. That's not what anyone's talking about at all. So they run this fake punt, and it's successful. They get like 25 yards. They're in Niner territory. Everyone's like, okay, cool, let's go. The punt unit that just ran this fake doesn't leave the field. They just run up to the line and reset in punt formation again. And the Niners have their defense out there, and they're like, well, you're you're not going to punt. It's first down. <laughs> so we're probably just going to play defense, given that you're most likely. And the announcers are like, I've seen this before. They're trying to get them to, to call a timeout so they'll kick, they can switch the formation. And I was like, what? Why would they do that? Like, if the if the either the fake punt didn't work, or it did fool them, in which case they have their actual defense out there. Like, it makes well, no sense. That's the thing. They had their they had like their cover for it. They just got we got beat. Anger's yeah. a fucking stud and delivered a dime, so we beat them. And then, and then because that's apparently how Arizona. We were at that game. They got Dallas to to take a timeout, doing some shit like that after their fake. Niners don't fall for it. Bones apparently, this is what I've heard at least. Bones wanted to leave the special teams out there, and they had a play dialed up, an offensive play for that special teams unit, which I'm that's sure was going to be. Bones, that's the most bones <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. He, of course, spent this week I should have done installing it. an offensive package into the special teams unit, into the punting unit. That's some bones shit, dude. And then someone, someone eventually says, no, 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 we're not going to do that. Let's get all of them off the field. And then we can't get a playoff and we get a, a fourth down conversion into a delay a game. So that Which, was some real bullshit from McCarthy. It, it it sucked even worse because they do an on-the-fly swap, right? Like the offense runs out. They Zach's trying to spot, snap the ball, and the ref runs out. And be, I, because of this weird rule the NFL has where they have to touch the ball, the ref just stands on the ball with his hand on it. And the clock's just ticking down, ticking down, and Dak's like yelling, like, let me let me snap it, let me snap it. And the ref's just like, nope, nope. And then as it gets to, like, under one second, the ref steps back, and it's too late, and they get a delay game. It's like, God damn it, dude. What was the plan here? So, oh, it was so fucking shitty, man. The whole game was so fucking shitty. Well, but to him, I mean, that's the type of game that gets you fired. Your team coming out flat, poor clock management, including the final play of the game. And undisciplined God. 14 penalties, 14 penalties. And then so in the comment, like, I really do think he was safe. And I, I still want to believe he's a step up from Jason Garrett, but you really could have said like he pulled off the mask and that was a Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan special that we saw. Oh, yeah. Like it, it, I mean, it a hundred percent was, and there was nothing different for a guy who's, Hey, I've been to the super bowl and NFC. I've won a lot of playoff games and he has I know how to win. Like he is, he like I said, him and Sean Payton have very similar resumes for all the shit that he gets. I don't think he's quite the offensive mind, but I'm just saying, like the resume does have some punch to it. But to come out and look that unprepared, I mean, that's your whole fucking gig. If you're not the play caller, which he's not, and you don't call the defensive plays, which he don't, then what are you like? Your team doesn't show up ready. They show up undisciplined, and you fuck up the clock management. That gets you fired. Like that's well, and like that's God, an over like, three. The week before the playoffs, like 
you got your star linebacker like running off to the Mavs game, no mask, fucking hanging out with the dudes from the fucking full send Nelk boy shit, getting COVID. He's out getting oxygen on the sidelines. You got Trayvon Diggs and Amari, two two times a COVID Amari, and Trayvon Diggs, your all pro corner, going to the fucking national championship game, which is fucking COVID All Star weekend. Fucking Alabama versus Georgia, the fucking no vaccination, no mask special, the who can super spread the most national title game. They're down on the field, just breathing in each other's mouths. What's McCarthy doing all week, dude? Like, oh, it's so fucking frustrating to like this team, dude. I wish I fucking hated the Cowboys. It must be so fun and easy to just fucking hate this team. It must just be. Yeah, I Stephen mean, A's bit like must just cash in every time. You know, it's he like never how he has took, to really worry. He never has to worry, dude. He never really. It's like it is like being the weatherman in San Diego or London. Like you just got to be like, it's probably gonna fucking rain. Like that's it. Like oh, then someone's like, no, it's sunny this morning. It's not gonna rain this time. And all you gotta do is be like, oh, wait till this afternoon, motherfucker. And then by the <laughs> afternoon, everyone's got an umbrella out, and you're just like, ha, I'm a genius. Like, well, yeah, it it God, it sucks, man. I I think. I honestly think Kellen's back. I'm at this point. I want him gone, and I know they're not going to have him gone. I'm I'm begging another franchise to take him off our hands. Oh, I really dude, am. I want to believe it, dude. You better believe it, dude. Kellen Moore is the new Jason Garrett. He's the backup. He's the backup. He's the backup quarterback. I know. who Jerry loves, and he's such a good kid, and he's such a smart offensive mind, and he's gonna be, dude. Look, I will and he, bet you my bottom dollar that kid's the head coach one day. I Look, bet in my fucking life. I, I wouldn't shock me, and, and I strangely still have, like, hope that he can grow as a play caller because he is young as shit. But, man, I need to be purged of that Jason Garrett-Scott Linehan line. I need all those fuckers out of there, and he's part of that line. So I hope he goes. I think he'll be here. I think McCarthy stays. I just don't think. To replace him now, you either have to really believe in Dan Quinn or Kellen, or I, you're firing him for the sake of firing him, to be honest. And Dan Quinn, I pray, stays, but he's going to have so many offers. I think I think he gets one. If he does leave, I do fear about this defense regressing because it'll be their fourth coordinator in four years, and it's just tough to find. Even you know, Fangio would like... I would even I would even wouldn't mind if Mike Zimmer came to be DC. That's fine, you know. Yep. But yeah, man. Uh, I I think you're gonna see a lot of the same cast. I mean, you're gonna miss a lot of role players on both sides of the ball. But I think the main the main cast, you know, for season seven of the the Zeke Dak experiment will uh will all be there. And I think this was probably the most disappointing loss in their careers. You know, because yeah. their rookie year, you could say like, oh, man, we found the the franchise QB after Tony. They're rookies. They'll be back. They'll have plenty of chances. We hit two home runs in the draft. So 2016 didn't sting. You missed the playoffs in 2017. 2018 looks like shit. They turn it around. They win a playoff game. Okay, they lose to the Rams, but the Rams were really good. I mean, they really took a step forward. So we still feel positive coming out of that one. 2019, it all falls apart, but we blame that on that's Jason Garrett shit. Like, we'll throw him out. He's gone. 2020 is a lost year because of COVID and injuries. And, that, and then yeah. this year, you finally you, you show up, you fucking stomp through most of the competition, 12 and 5, and you lay the same egg, the exact same. After all the differences, all the changes, it's still Dak and Zeke's team. And uh and they lose, man. And and it was probably the worst playoff game for either of them, unfortunately, that they've had. Yeah. But fucking disappointing, man. Um, and and I don't know. I these are the type of losses that just gut punch you. You know. Who do you want to? Uh, who do you want to keep as far as the free agents go? I want J. Ron Curse back bad. I want him back bad. Okay. He's top what of my Randy? list. Randy, if the price is right, I don't know what he's going to command, but if the price is right, I'd like to bring him back. Yeah, he he didn't end up getting like 10 sacks or anything, so I have to imagine we can get him for something relatively I just affordable. I haven't looked at 
I haven't looked at the edge rusher market, so I don't know where he ranks on that. So it's tough for me to say, but he had a he had a nice year. I would I would like him back. It wasn't his best playoff game for sure, but that's fine. If we can he was keep... going against Trent Williams, who's a all pro. So yeah, and Trent Williams was allowed to get away with murder too. Not that it, not that, that yeah. changed the outcome of the game, but I was just like, God damn, dude, they're just <laughs> this sucks. But even the Niners fans I watched the game with were like kind of in awe. They were like, man, they're really not calling anything on us tonight. And I was just like, yes, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with you. I want J-Ron and Randy back. Those are my top two. Um, I think if, if we can have those two guys back and then – I don't really know how I feel about the tight end situation. I, I know people have fallen in love with Schultz this year. I really am not that convinced he's that much better of a passing threat than Blake Jarwin. And I know he, I don't know if anyone's a worse blocker than Dalton Schultz. Hmm. So they seem to be like very interchangeable to me. And we yeah, already have people are Dalton trying to compare how much, longer, how much longer do we have Jarwin for? A while. He signed a, Big extension. I think he's got two more years, but we can get out of it this year. I mean, you can save money if you cut him this offseason, which they might basically. Do. Basically, you have to keep one or the other. Like the only way you can really afford Schultz is if you cut Jarwin. The only way you can keep, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm okay if they get rid of Schultz because they do have weapons, and I think supposedly this is supposed to be a nice year for tight ends. I think you got to draft one. I don't want to overpay Schultz because I don't think he's special. I think he's yeah, he's fine. I think he's a product he's, of the offense. I think all the attention goes to running backs and wide receivers when you're covering us. And he was just like a product of like having a, a good, not great quarterback, a good system and a, a cast around him that played well yeah. most of the time. So yeah, that I don't care about. Um, if we can keep one of for the right price, even if it's a cheap one year deal, because I do Gallup think our Cedric. window is still open next year. Um, yeah. Look, your window's, I disagree with what Zach said about your window. Your window's open as long as I think Dak's, Dak's a good a quarterback. Level. If yep. you have a franchise quarterback, your window's always open. And their window's always going to be extended until the rest of the NFC East gets its shit together. That's what sucks yeah. about these last six years is the NFC East, your three biggest rivals have largely been rudderless. I mean, completely so inept. Could, and you just couldn't translate that into success, which is shitty for us. So at the, some you point, the Patriots were able to do for just years. Yeah, I mean, at some like, point, one of them is going to figure it out. And I mean, the Eagles get three first rounders this year. I still don't think Hertz is their guy, which helps you. I think the Giants are really bad. Judge is gone. I think this is probably the last year of the Danny Dimes experiment. And Washington, once again, they have no franchise quarterbacks in the division. So you're probably okay for at least until that changes. Uh, yeah. The Eagles already said Hurts is going to be their starter next year. I saw how so next, Roseman, so. so next year is like I'm like let's go for broke, dude. Like so yeah, if you can get them on a, if you can get them on a cheap one year deal, give me one of said or preferably MG, dude. Like I mean, if if because of like him him having a down year due to injury and now coming off of like a more serious injury, like if Michael Gallup can be had for like a like a six or seven million dollar one year prove it contract, I think he'll be cheap. I think he'll down, be cheap. Dude. I think his his unfortunately being a contract year, his his value is shot with the injury and even before. I mean, he had a second injury with the calf. Is the only yeah. thing. Yeah, I do. I, I would be. I would be very happy to keep him. I I said this to you the night of the game. Um, I really do think at the number four spot we have a we have something nice in Malik Turner. Like I've seen the flashes that we've seen from him have been pretty decent for a guy who's like fifth and a rookie, an undrafted free agent rookie. Um, so I like if we can do that. Wide receiver core seems to still be in good shape. Get fucking CD Lamb a goddamn jug machine and make this motherfucker catch a hundred thousand balls this summer. And also, look, dude, I love the whole like light skin energy of cd lamb dude like you love candles you're kind of a pretty boy you probably get tons of bitches i get it dude i i i dig the whole thing you're like a football playing drake however if you're gonna be football playing drake the fucking corners of the world are gonna jam your shit and if you show them that you're incapable of catching a ball in traffic and that physicality scares the shit out of you you're gonna disappear every game 
And this year you disappeared in like 10 of the games. Well, so get this motherfucker in the weight room. That's a, Get this motherfucker with the jug machine. I need hands, and I need him to be able to play physical against press coverage by the time we snap the ball in August. Yeah, I mean, that's – I go back to I still think that's a product of Kellen. And It's at so some crazy because do you remember the the line on like, him coming out of camp, dude? Do you remember the hype on CD yeah. Lamb? They were like, bro, he he dominated. And the, the clips we saw, he looked like he was going to be fucking Des Bryant, like Randy Moss. Like, huh. So I have a I have a couple of we're not the only uh, people with takes in the world and a f- couple former cowboy legends sounded off about this game so I'm gonna read y'all uh, a couple quotes real quick this one from Michael Irvin the playmaker um he was on some podcast sorry stacking the box I'll give them a little shout out there uh, he said every team you look at the stars of the team showed up and played you can't win in this game if your stars don't show up and play. It's Dak Prescott, 69 passer rating. Ezekiel Elliott, 31 rushing yards. CeeDee Lamb, 21 receiving yards. They had the stars playing like role players. That's why they got their butts sitting at home. Um, he elaborated on that a little bit, and he said something to the line of like him and Emmett knew that they were one of them was going to have the ball, if not both of them. And I just thought that was an interesting uh, – Quote from him, but I think it goes back to Kelly. I saw like Aikman went off about CD yeah, as well. So They're just like so yeah, the whole, every me, former uh, cowboy was like, "You're an idiot for how you use CD Lamb this game." So this was yeah. So this was Troy. Troy said there was a lot of single coverage on CD Lamb. I hate going back to when I was playing because nobody cares. But what I see around the league, it's not just in Dallas. I've seen it with a lot of teams. A lot of these offenses want to scheme things. The coordinators, it's all about scheme rather than hey, this corner is playing really soft. He's scared to death. Just run the route tree, run a comeback, run a dig route, run a curl, run anything, and you're going to complete the pass wherever you want. If Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if they played us the way they played CeeDee Lamb in that game, it's not that difficult. If I got a great player at wide receiver and the corner's playing him that soft, throw him the ball. Thought that was... Yeah, you know what? I, I It is totally possible that I've just been bamboozled by Kellen Moore's ridiculous attempt to be the star of the show and that's why i think cd lamb sucks because he's had some bad drops in the few moments that he's gotten and he just needs more opportunities but it sucks dude because it does feel like he he could be a superstar sometimes i do see moments from him where i'm like damn dude i that just was he's probably your best chance i you know i go back to look your rating receiver is dalton schultz in this game and then Cedric Wilson was your third. Amari actually had a nice he had the nice slot fade that they ran the one time the Niners man blitzed which is what Dak has destroyed the blitz this year for the most part. Otherwise, then, they just and Kellen decided to never use Pollard and never put Amari in yeah, the slot again. So, <laughs> well, that's what this is what kills me is exactly that you you don't watch. I said this last pod. You don't watch Chief games where Tyreek and Hill are invis or Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are invisible. The Niners found a way to get Debo Samuel the ball on the ground a couple times through the air. And he had over 100 yards and a touchdown in this game. Like, we knew he would. We knew he would be the feature. And he beat you. When you watch Tampa, like, Mike Evans is going to get the ball. Or God, you know, they they spread it out a little bit. But my point is, if you look around at most of the elite teams around here, they get the ball to their best players. And Kellen's system, they don't force the ball to Amari or CeeDee or Pollard. Pollard had a lack of touches in this game. It was startling. He never had him and Ezekiel Elliott in the back at the same time to throw off defenses. I mean, there's no wrinkle there we were waiting for. And it just drives me nuts that that we're going to beat teams with Cedric Wilson and Dalton Schultz. And that's what the Niners begged us to do. They're like, hey, we're going to take out Amari yeah. and CeeDee. And if you want to dink and dunk us, we're just going to let you do that because we're not going to get beat by Cedric Wilson and, Salton Schultz. And no offense, I think both those guys had good seasons, but there is like they don't beat you the way a CD Lamb and Amari Cooper beat you. And and that's what pisses me off about Kellen is we don't design throws specifically to get our best players touches. We just run the scheme. Whoever's in, fuck it. Noah Brown, you're in, tight. Cedric Wilson running yeah, dude, a fucking We were down, go, but we tight. were down by like a touchdown in a fucking playoff game and Malik Turner was on the field. Yeah. It's like again, I'm a I'm a I'm a hey, we, we might have something there guy with him. And I'm still like Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> what's going on there? Like, 
Yeah. Jesse Holly was not on the field when, like, when you know, Tio was not getting a breather on the sideline. Dez well, was not at, on the sideline. Look like, at look at Tio and Dez's numbers in Romo's era or Witten. Like, they always got the fucking ball in big games, you know. And I, I'm not trying to turn this back to Dak, although I will. I mean, he had a poor game, of course. But God, man, like at some point, I, I would just love if they just looked at each other pre-snap and were like, "Man, fuck it, I got this guy." You know, like it's a Troy's point. Don't trust the scheme every time. Every now and then it's just, hey, that guy over there is better than that guy over there. And we're going to fucking pick on it. Sometimes you got to just be like, go to the Buick, turn around. <laughs> like mom is ringing the dinner bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coach is telling me some shit about playing with a Buick. I don't know. I'm from Dallas, man. I don't know. Did he give you the jambalaya? <laughs> he give you the gym. You bring some flowers. He's going to be real mad if you don't bring flowers. It's a classic uh, set of lines from the greatest football movie ever made, Any Given Sunday, featuring Al Pacino, giving one of the most ridiculous performances a human has ever put on celluloid. So, you know, Dak was named uh, MVP of this game. The Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon most valuable player. <laughs> Man, there's a graphic that was posted by CBS during this game that says, the torch has been passed. Congratulations to the new MVP, Dak Prescott. And it's a picture of... Mitch Trubisky handing Dak Prescott a trophy. Well, damn, if that's not if that's what not a legacy, high praise. Dude. What Jesus. a legacy, dude! Dude, oh man, and Dak got fined after this game. Like, yeah, I I, I wasn't even gonna bring it up. It was a bad look. Dak is uh, Dak's always been a good dude. I think he was pissed, but apparently some Cowboys fans were throwing shit at the refs. Got out of there real quick after that game, and yeah. uh, some Cowboys fans had at their wits end with them we're throwing some shit Dak was asked about it and he kind of doubled down on it after the game too yeah i get it dude like he's here's the thing Dak has all has put has done an incredible job of building this like super polished highly media friendly and and it's paid off for him the dude is on fucking 47 commercials we always joke that he never nothing. says anything wrong he never says anything he doesn't wrong. really say anything like Dak does not <laughs> give you any information about shit he talks like mac brown like and that's great that's what i mean from a from a player trying to maximize the amount of money they make in their life, that is you want to have zero opinions about anything. So good for him. However, what what we saw in Hard Knocks is that like when Dak Prescott is not in front of a podium, like Dak Prescott is an incredibly fiery, competitive dude. And so I'm sure, given how I felt, I can't imagine what Dak felt like. And so in that you know 48 hour period, well, especially he doesn't get a shot at the end. You know, yeah, oh, I dude. think it was a. I think that's that's got to just kill him because, dude, you know, he felt like he had done what needed to be. I done think to if he throws chance. up a Hail Mary and they don't get it, then fuck it. They don't get it. But to not get the chance is probably oh, what killed him. Me, it, 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 me and you walking out of that Cardinals game, how we felt about that, where it's just like to not to chance. not get the shot, dude, when you've yeah. earned the shot and you don't get it like and, and we're not sitting here defending the fucking QB draw. We, that's stupid. They should have thrown a Hail, uh, you know. That's a whole different discussion. I thought it was a dumb play, and I thought I it was can empathize with Dak. I can empathize parts. with Dak thinking, because I can tell from his body language, he's like, "We have a second. You know what I mean? Like he definitely thinks in that moment that they're going to have a shot. I think too, they probably should have. Well, I mean, it was just whatever that they didn't lose on that. It's just, of course, that's how this game ends because that's how all Cowboys games ends with some level of fuckery. They can't just get their ass beat, dude. They, they can't let you off early. Like, it couldn't be like, hey, by halftime, like, just start making peace with it. You just got beat. You just didn't show up today. It has to be like, you know what? If you'd done one less thing wrong, you'd be you'd be playing next weekend. So, remember that. See you next year. You're just like, God. Um, Yeah, I yeah. so he, he basically said he applauded the fans throwing shit at the refs, and then he of course, apologized and was fine. Yeah, and now, in that moment, I would have said that shit too. <laughs> like, fuck the refs, dude. After, dude. They've had the worst postseason. The refs have just had, they've just been on a title, a, a fucking run of just horrible shit as of late. So fuck them. After the Dez catch, after the Aaron Rodgers shit in 2016, after the, what they did to the Saints, like they, they get no sympathy from me. So. And Dak, Dak made more than 25 grand on the sleep number commercial they played during that game, so he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, so final score in on this one, 23-17. Uh, 
Zach, you got final thoughts for this one? I'll just tell a little story. So I actually missed the uh, one good drive that we had. I had to leave for a little bit, which so I watched this game. With ben, one of our buddies, friend of the pod, Matt. Uh, I I left a little bit. Uh, go outside every now and then, and it was decided that I was bad luck. I had to watch the game outside <laughs> for the last quarter. Now, normally, I would just be like, <laughs> fuck no. Dicks, dude. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck you guys. Well, this was a very important game, and they did have a point. Bro, I would have been out there, well. too. I would have been in the I, parking lot. Like, so I was outside in the cold, <laughs> looking through the glass, watching this game. Like everyone was inside, they're all happy and warm. I'm shivering. Like the people who were sitting right next to that window kept giving me looks like, what the fuck? What is this guy out here for? I Damn. felt like I was the protagonist in like the beginning of a Christmas movie, just like out in the cold <laughs> looking in. There's like a family by the fire, like hanging stockings, and yeah. you just like your your wife's just left you. <laughs> and here I am watching this game. Uh very miserable. It didn't work. And no, it didn't. When Dak ran up the middle, I come barging back in, and I'm just like, "What the fuck? What was that? <laughs> did I miss something? Did the like is something, something happen in this game? I didn't get to see because I'm from a distance. Like, what the fuck was that? Uh, yeah, that was my experience of this game. Uh, and afterwards, my still thought was just, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, I I mean, that's a good way to put it. My final thought was um, if I had to, like, boilerplate, just sum it up, would just be this offense just wasn't good enough. I mean, wherever yeah. you want to lay that, whether it's play calling, offensive line, quarterback play, wherever you want to lay the blame, it all fits. So this passing attack just wasn't wasn't good enough to get the job done. And... They didn't score enough points in, in a game that they absolutely had for the taking. Uh, and as such, so ends in another season, the fifth season of Boys Will Be Boys. But fear yeah. not, we will be back when the, when the season turns and hope springs anew. We do. And uh, ready to be heard again. We do have uh, the final Star Love Goat, if you boys can even muster a playoff Star Love Goat. Uh, I, I, I'll i go first. As always, Star Love Goat. I'm the walk star, my star of the game. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. I just have a question. Will this count? Because we already did the Star Love Goat Awards. No, no, yeah, this is a playoff. It's playoff stats Okay, only. playoff, difference, okay. So, like, okay, when we revisit it. this, when we're in the playoffs next year, winning the Super Bowl, this will be, like, as part of our playoff totals. So okay. remember that. Um, my star of the game is very simple. One man came and did his job all fucking game. He showed oh, out. This is the he, goat. He never oh. fucking disappointed. <laughs> Besides Connor Williams, uh, Brian Anger, baby, even through a pass, had the best QB rating in this game between Garoppolo, Dak, and himself. So, Bones apparently had another play dialed up. I would have loved to see Anger out there just chunk another <laughs> one deep to CJ Goodwin. Kid's but... got an arm like a fucking cannon, dude. <laughs> uh, he was our best player in this one, and I'm not even joking. He legitimately might have been the best. He flipped the field multiple times to not get us blown out when the offense repeatedly went three and out holds. Dude, do you remember at one point? Sorry, before I go up, we were at a third and four, like right first possession of the second half. We're at a third and four, and we go false start, false start, <laughs> fucking sack in the biggest yeah. round of the game. We yeah. turn a third and four to third and 14 and then get fucking sacked. And then the only reason we get it back is because Anger, a, the genius that he is, draws a roughing call, and we get a free we 15. We still repunt again. <laughs> yes. So Fire, dude. shout out to Anger. He's the star of the game. Uh, love, you are second. I'm also going to go with anger. Uh, <laughs> Fuck yeah. Also the player as well. Um, it's not a good sign for a game when it's a fake punt, he throws a pass, and people in the bar start shouting, put him in, put him in, when that comes out. So. Oh, man. 
Okay. I mean, anger, anger deserves it. I I think I'm going to give it to Amari Cooper. Okay. Uh, he had a good game. He, he the, the fucking little bit that we decided to use him, I thought he showed up. He caught the only really beautiful touchdown of this game. He did get 10 um, targets, which is what I was begging for, but... I wish Kellen would have dialed up 15 for him. You know what I mean? So he still felt yeah. underused to your point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I give it to Amari, but uh, yeah. So ends another disappointing season boys, but Hey, who knows what 2022 has in store? Who does? Um, speaking of coop, you know, I wonder what they, I've heard two rumblings through, through the wire. And one was that he's apparently a trade candidate this offseason, which wow, because his contract's big. I mean, they are paying him twenty mil to you're ready not to use fucking him. make CD Lamb the number one wide receiver. I don't think they do it. I'm just saying that was one rumor I heard floating out there. And the other one was apparently there's not all gravy between him and the Cowboys slash Dak. There was a fan report of like some reported rift between him so i don't know i think wow. it's rumors because i think amari's quiet but just uh just some rumblings i heard just throwing Should it be out. A diva. well i i know that when uh dude when amari got upset in oakland it went downhill fast so hopefully that's not the case he has seemed so happy in dallas so i hope that's not true i know well and just his comments late in the year i think he was right i mean he's called out this offense to he's the only one who had the stones to in my opinion but yeah he agreed so agreed. So, mm. all right, boys. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, we will. Uh, we will be back at some point. Uh, we'll do a pre-draft pod of some of our draft favorites. Me and Goat are heavy in the scouting. The Cowboys have the twenty-fourth pick of the first round. The so. same. The same spot where one Des Bryant was selected by mm. the Cowboys many moons ago. So good luck with that spot for us. Um, you, you know I like yeah. that. We'll be back for pre-draft uh, and obviously with our draft review pod before we get into off-season stuff. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to us for yet another year. I can't believe it's already been five years of us doing this. Um, it's it's just it's with all the pain that comes with being a Cowboys fan, it's fun to come on here and be able to talk to some of my best friends and share our thoughts with uh, the wider listening public. And we certainly appreciate each and every one of you that take the time uh, to listen to our humble little podcast here. As always, if you've liked what you heard, uh, throw us a like, a subscribe, a comment, a rating on iTunes or Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and if you'd like to, uh, you know, make fun of us for the pain that we're in now, or, you know, I know some of you hate listening to this podcast. So, you know, leave your uh, mocking of the Cowboys horrendous postseason record uh, in a tweet uh, to us at BWBB pod. Uh, ben will read that or shoot us an email at uh, boyswillpod at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, I am Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. See you next year. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Thank you to our friends at MyBookie and Swisher Sweets. Peace! <laughs>